that we dedicate them to the Lord. In 1 John 4, 4, it's been read a couple of times. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God's word stresses that the Holy Spirit lives within the Christian. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And this is very something that we've got to grab a hold of and understand and claim is that the power of God is inside of us. Uh, I was telling Daniel that, uh, you know, sometimes I get kind of anxious what I'm going to preach. And I did that when I played sports, too. I just get, I don't know, it's a competitiveness. I guess I'm competing with the devil. He's going to lose. I'm going to win. So we, the Word of God is going to overcome and just knock him out, right? But... uh it just uh, made me feel like uh, I was inadequate this morning. See, the enemy, when something good's going to happen, you'll know that the enemy's going to start messing around. And I take that that way that when, if he starts hassling me in the morning, something good's about to happen. And, and uh, I told him, you just got to take back seat. You tell me I can't do this, but the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you can't stop this. I'm going forward. I'm not backing up. There's nothing to back up to. God already did away with all that stuff behind me. All I can do is look forward and walk to the Lord. Each one of us, that's what we got to do. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says, What? I like this. What? With an exclamation point. Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You are not your own because he purchased you with his blood. He purchased you with his life on the cross. He bought our salvation for us. He gave salvation to us. And I thank God. I was thinking about that, that so many of us worry about other things or what a shame this and a shame that. I said, but look at Jesus went to the cross for me. He took my shame and took it to the cross. He bore the sins of the whole world. How many of you have trouble just bearing your own sins sometimes? Can you imagine having those sins of the whole world on you? Even to the point where the Father had to turn His face away from Him? I mean, that's... that's. I thank you, Jesus, that you took all of our sins so that we could live a righteous life. But we got to live that righteous life. Second uh, Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We've got to always remember in our mind that God has, is in us, that God is for us, that any, anybody that's against us, we've got to remember that God is for us. If uh, the devil raises up a standard against us, said the Spirit of God raises up a standard against him. And the Spirit of God, you've got to have the Spirit of God. I feel sorry for people that don't know God. I don't know how they go through things without Jesus. I mean, i got to have Jesus with me. Amen? Hallelujah. We have an adversary, the devil, who wants nothing more than to inflict physical or mental suffering upon God's children and cause us to distress and this taking our minds off of Christ. This is when you need to put your shift your mind to Christ is when the devil's telling you can't you tell him you can when he says it's not going to happen you tell him it is going to happen it already has happened he already did it on the cross when he tells you you got to deal with this sickness say no I don't Christ is going to help me with this 
He said, every trial and temptation I face, he said he's making a way through. My way is Jesus. He's going to take me through. And the Holy Spirit that's in me. I'm getting wound up here. I hope that I prayed today. I said, God, as as the service transgresses, let it stir up that gift that lies within inside of every one of us. And let us know and feel the presence of God. I said, I want to feel your presence this morning. You know, it's kind of strange that sometimes when you're going to preach and you are preaching, that you don't feel God's presence. But I want to tell you something. You're anointed to preach, that the anointing is there. You don't always feel that. I'm sitting in the pew before waiting to get up and preach and not feeling the presence of God and some things might be going on. Don't look at the, the, the negative things. Look at Jesus, you know. And But the moment you step up and get behind the pulpit and you open the Word of God, I'm telling you what, life begins to happen. And I begin to preach and begin to feel the presence of God then. Tell the devil, you're a liar. You're the one sitting in the pew. You're sitting in your own pew. Because uh, I want nothing to do with you. Devil, you stink. You're lousy. You're ignorant. And I tell him he's a scumbag of the earth. I'd have, I don't like him. I don't like him. And I'm sure the, the feelings are mutual. I know he doesn't like me because I'm a child of God. He doesn't like what we stand for. He don't like what we do. He don't like it that up here I couldn't sing this morning. All I could do was pray in that heavenly language and, and weep. I was about ready to tell Daniel, go get me another box of Kleenex because we're going to have a, going to look like a snowstorm up here. Hallelujah. But I love to worship God and thank you for the worship. I know Julie's not up here, but Wendy, thank you guys for that worship. It's, it's just so awesome. I mean, the, to sing. Remember what you're singing. Don't just sing it. Feel it as you sing it. You know, feel it. Uh, John said, in, in, oh, well, we know that Isaiah 53, 5, I wasn't going to read this, but I think I will, that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I like the, let me grab my Sunday school paper. Because I'm going to show you something here in the sermon. And this is something I've, I've always paid attention to. Uh, where's my Sunday school thing? It's here. If I haven't got notes over everything, I want to read from it. I take notes on, your, on the Sunday school lesson. At the beginning of Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, it says, a certain man... Pay attention to these things. A certain man. And I want you to pay attention when we start reading the scripture for what I'm going to uh, speak on today. Because it says, I think it says a certain place. There's places in there where it says a certain time, a certain man, a certain place. And I says, well, I don't want to miss church. I don't ever want to miss church because that might be my certain time that something's going to happen for me. That God's going to move toward me. Or there's certain uh, time, I, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but God's going to heal me. I believe his word. I'll, I'll read the next scripture. He says, third John in uh, verse two, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and that you be in health. And most preachers stop there. But he says, even as your soul prospers, see, that's important that your soul prosper more important than having money or all the. Wealth in the world and lose your soul? No, you need your soul to prosper. 
You've got to be in the Word of God for your soul to prosper. You've got to pray. You've got to seek God for everything. I get, um, get these pages apart. Jesus is the Word. He dwells in your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, this next part's not going to be in my, in my notes, but uh, God has shown me this before. Is how does God enter into our life? It says that the Word, the seed of God, is the Word of God. And I believe that when it enters your heart, it gets planted in your heart and it begins to grow. And this, this is the life that takes place inside of you. This is what grows as Christ grows inside of you. That you know by the Holy Spirit will reveal these things to you. That's his job to lead and guide us into all truth. Into all truth so that we might understand it. And see uh, some things that God wants to say to us. And he's got a lot to say to us. If we'll just look into it. I'm going to go to um, Luke chapter 5. This is also, there's also a setting of, I might use a phrase from Mark chapter 2 also. It's the same thing that's going on. But it says, Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, it came to pass on a certain day. On a certain day. Do you see what I'm talking about? Sunday school says on a certain man. Now this says a certain day. This is a day that the Lord has made because they voiced that he was in the house and he's in the house today. You know he's here today. You want me to prove it to you? Scripture says where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of you. And you can ask him anything and he said he will do it. But you've got to be in the word of God and the word of God's got to be in you. There's a stipulation to that. God wants you to be in Him, right? He wants you to be involved in Him. He wants you to seek Him. He wants you to want Him. And to I need Him. He wants you to need Him. I need Him. He's uh, more than want Him. I need Him. He's one of those needs. He said, I'll meet your needs. Good. Come on. Meet my needs right in here. A lot of it begins in here. Right? I know we all suffer from some different... Things, but I want to tell you something. God can take care of those too. Well, I prayed on the way to work. Uh, way to work. I guess this is work. I'm working today. Is that Daniel? Uh, we prayed for his tooth, and his, his, he was having pain, and he said it's gone. Right? That the pain is gone. Just reached over while we're driving. That's a scary thing. I didn't close my eyes. I kept my eyes open. You can keep your eyes open and pray. And Daniel appreciated I keep my eyes open while I pray. Jim was praying with us, and, and that pain can leave. I'm telling you, God takes authority over things, and it's got to go. We pray in the power of the Spirit, and it's got to leave. I better read my scripture. It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. This is one point I want to make in this. Jesus was teaching. I thought, what was he teaching? He was teaching the Word of God. Was There's a man going to be healed here uh, and, and delivered, both. And I believe that God was teaching these things prior to receiving them. You know, we need uh, faith is built by the word of God and the word of God by the preaching of the word that we receive faith. It builds our faith. The word does. And we need to receive the word so it can build our faith and to understand the truth of God's word. I'm all about God's word. I love his word. I got a couple things I was going to ask Phyllis and maybe Pastor that to show me where it's in the Bible, some things that some people say, but we'll we'll deal with that. Uh, 
And I'm learning about Epiphany. Let me tell you, all the time of me growing up and, and being in Pentecostal churches and that, never heard them preach on Advent or Epiphany or any of those things. The church calendar. And so I'm thinking, well, the devil tries to make me think this. What's the importance of that? What is the importance of that? But uh, so I talk to pastor, don't I, pastor? I keep her from getting her the bulletin done. I'm sorry, toy, because we got to print the bulletin. But but uh, I got questions sometimes. I want some answers. I want to learn. I'm not beyond learning. I, I got a lot to learn and I want to learn and I'm learning about that. So I told her I did some searching out on the wise men coming and and uh, yeah, they studied stars and this, they seen a star they never saw before and they followed this star. And, and but there's a, there's a real cool thing in there. And then what they got to Judea, the star was standing there where Jesus is going to be born. But what they asked, they they were asked, why are you here? Why did you come here? And what they said is, we came to worship Jesus. We come to worship this King of the Jews that we've heard about and read about in the Old Testament scriptures. We came to worship Him. And I thought, woo, this is why we go to church. We come to worship God. You know, and I come to worship God. And I'm going to worship Him. Amen. With or without you, I'm going to worship Him. So you're with me. Okay, it says, uh, every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. He was in the house, and the power of God was present to heal them. Why was it there? Because, you know, Jesus was filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost by John the Baptist, and it said it remained on him, so it never left him. Then when he went into the, the wilderness, was the wilderness or whatever, for 40 days, Forty nights tempted of the devil said when he come out, he come out with the power of the Holy Ghost that he come out of there. And I thought, man, this is what we can do every day. We can wake up and rise up with the power of the Holy Ghost. And I know that's what happens because God gives me my next breath and my next heartbeat. I can't get up without him. Got to get up with him. And sometimes he wants you to do that at two and three o'clock in the morning. I said, man, can't we do this at six? No, get up and write, he says. And and this is true. Ask pastor. You never know when the Lord's going to get you up. He wants to speak to you. In the Holy Ghost, he wants to show you some things. And I have to write them down because I told Daniel, I'll forget them, you know. I mean, yeah, so many gold nuggets. Behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Made me think of this in the Sunday school lesson today. <laughs> this all just, yeah. And when they could not find it, what they, uh, what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the house top and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, Jesus can see your faith. So you've got to have faith. When he solved those four men's faith, he said, he looked at the man on the, on the bed and said, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. So it was mentioned in there that, uh, you know, the man might have been a sinner and, and he was forgiven and, and he was healed. And same thing here, the man must have been a sinner 
still because Jesus said, I forgive your sins. So not only did he save him, now he's going to go on and do something else. Scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this that speaks blasphemies? They think, Jesus, oh my, who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, he is God. (laughs) See what they don't know? We know that because the evidence is inside of us that we know God. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, Why reason in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up your couch, and go into thine house. Immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Now, this is something when God does something for you, you need to glorify God. You need to glorify him. When we get in preaching, uh, I'm sure pastor does too. When I'm driving home, I say, God, I give you the glory. I give you the glory. It was nothing about me, God. It's all about you. I couldn't do it without you, Lord. And that's how I pray. Holy Spirit, I need you today because I can't do this without you. I just want to go out and take a spoon and beat on the garage. I need you, Lord, to be with me. And and then they uh, were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, filled with fear, saying, we have seen a strange thing today. It was strange to them because they didn't have God in them. It's going to seem strange to somebody sitting in a service when someone might give a message in tongues, someone might interpret, someone might do something in the Spirit, and they don't understand it because they don't have it inside. But boy, once you get it inside, you know what? It's liable to happen to you. Amen? You may be the one to give the message in tongues. You may be the one to lay hands on somebody and they be healed. You may be able to preach a sermon and somebody be delivered and I've seen this happen when I was preaching. A gal came to the altar that was in drugs and alcohol and sold guns and made drugs and, and ran with bikers. She said, I slept with anybody I wanted to sleep with. And she says, I even had my own bike. And she was telling me all this. But that day she come, she come to the altar. And I think I've mentioned this before that the Holy Spirit told me to back up. So I backed up. And I said, okay, what's going on here? You know, we're having a conversation. And he says, she's going to ask you something. And you tell her, absolutely not. Well, when I stepped in front of her, first thing she said is, Pastor, will you ask God to forgive me of my sins? I said, absolutely not. You've got to ask him yourself. He said, they're your sins. They're not my sins. We've got to ask God for ourselves. We, we can't do or expect somebody else to do it for us. One-on-one with God. One-on-one, a lot of times in the Scriptures, he was one-on-one and things happened. He preached to one like he preached to ten or a hundred or a thousand. I went to Sheridan one day and, and got down to Sheridan to preach at a church down there. And here sat these two little, no no offense, girls, two little old ladies there. I mean, they, they, were, probably, <laughs> they were probably my age. <laughs> I'm going to save myself here. They're probably my age. I'm not going to say pastor's age or anybody. They're... Anyway, you know what? I preach that day like the house was full. You know why? Because Jesus, I'm preaching for Jesus. 
I ain't preaching to please people. He said, preach as though you're going to please God. He gave me a scripture in the Bible when he called me to preach. Not preaching as pleasing men, but preach as pleasing God. And and this happened. And I was sitting at the restaurant with my, I got a granddaughter that's 20 years old and junior in college. And, of course, my daughter's across the table. And she was talking about something about her friends or something and maybe getting pregnant. And I looked at Emily, my granddaughter, and I said, you know how to prevent that, don't you? You just don't do that. Now, if you get married, then you can do that. But until then, you don't. And, of course, my daughter looks across at me and, Dad, I says, well, I'm not telling her like you tell her. I'm telling her the truth. Because you did the same thing. I call it like it is. Now, I can preach this because I never did that. Hallelujah. I waited till I was married. And I, I had a wife from God, I'm telling you. That, uh, but I, you gotta, if you're gonna preach things, you gotta live it. You gotta live it to preach it. And I'm not gonna be a false prophet, I'm gonna tell the truth. And I looked at my daughter and I said, you can tell her what you did, but I'm gonna tell her what God says. Of course, they're all sitting at the dinner. My son-in-law, my daughter's friend, all of them. I didn't care. I'm going to tell them the truth. When it comes to God's word, it's going to be the truth, right? Well, that conversation got changed real quick. But there's four things I wanted to point out. First, he was in the house teaching. He's teaching the word. Now, this is important. We need the teaching of the word of God because it builds our faith. And then it says that the power of the Lord was present. There to heal them. So the power was there. And then it says the four men, they were trying to figure out what way they could get to God. They come expecting. They come expecting. Now, the Lord showed me something about this coming expecting. A lot of us come expecting something right. Right? But do we come believing for it? Do we, do we visualize what we want from God? Do we visualize a, a healing or a deliverance that we need in our life? Oh, I was praying for Dominic when you was praying. I'm visualizing God setting him free just like he did that lady. That God will take, you know, just take that out of him. We gotta pray that God take the desire out of him for that thing. You know, to have something, you gotta desire it. And God said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I said, then the desire of my heart today is that you set him free, God. Let the power of the Holy Ghost come into him and deal with him and show him what's right. He knows what's right, but it says it's in there and God can bring it to his remembrance. And I ask for the the word to arise in him. Let the power inside of him begin to show him and explain to him, God, wrap your arms of love around him. And let him know that he's loved, but God also that you can deliver him. I know he can, I know he can because I've seen it. And then it, it says that, uh, they said we have seen strange things. How many of you think when you see something happen, it might be strange? <laughs> he said, yeah, we know, Pastor, every time we look at you. <laughs> we know what's he going to do today? What's he going to say today? You know, I like to joke around, but there's a time to joke and there's a time to be quiet. That's in Ecclesiastics, a time to speak and a time to be quiet. And I've used that on some friends that were getting out of control. And uh, Christian friends, I look at them and said, Ecclesiastics says, there's a time to speak. There's a time you need to be quiet. And it was dead quiet, wasn't it, Daniel? 
I'm in a room of that room of men. I'm telling you what, you could have heard a mouse run across the floor. And they never said anything. But what was amazing is they thought I was mad because of what they was talking about. Because I took my food and went outside. And I ate at the picnic table. So they thought I was mad. I wasn't mad. <laughs> it was the word of God that really got to them. Scripture will speak volumes. We can speak 10,000 words against them. But if you quote a scripture, I'm telling you what, it's powerful and sharp. Cuts to the very marrow of the bone, man. It cuts deep. But, but it also heals. God's word heals too. So, so they came in faith believing. If we can only get uh, him to Jesus, they said. They had an expectation. If we can only get him to Jesus, he can heal him. If we can only get him there, God can do something in his life. Look at what they went to. They tear the roof apart and lower the bed down right in front of Jesus. See what the, the links they went to. But Jesus saw their faith. Now, in the, in the scripture, there's a, there's a prayer of faith that you can pray. When people's having a hard time believing, you've got to pray a prayer of faith sometimes. Believing that God's going to touch somebody. And I believe that when I pray that. I've had... Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Scripture says, is anything too hard for God? In the Scripture, a man brought his son, which had a dumb spirit, and wanted to know if anything could be done for him. Today, in this society, you might be told, there's no hope. Or here, give him this bunch of pills. So the doctor says that there's nothing I can do. I said, good, you just opened the door for Jesus. <laughs> I love it when they confess they can't do anything because I know God can do anything. Nothing's impossible with them. Or they might say, here, take him to therapy or take him and put him in this asylum or a group home. Why? Because they don't have nothing else to offer. Hogwarts, they said, it can't be done. But my scripture says that God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's preachers preaching that the gifts of the Spirit are not operable today. And I looked at one man, I worked with him, and I said, then you're telling me that God is half dead. And he says, no, I didn't say that. I said, you just said half the gifts of the Spirit are no good, but God never changes. He's always the same. So if it's not working, it must be half dead. So I had him read in the scriptures about the gifts. And you can read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That everyone he looked at, after he read it, it said, In the same Spirit. By the same Spirit. By the same Spirit. And when I got up, the whistle blew. I had to get up and go back to work. And he's got my Bible. And I said, hey, when you're done there, he's still reading. And all I could hear him saying was, by the same Spirit. By the same Spirit. See, I let him read it. Right? He might not believe what I say. And he, he's a good Baptist friend of mine. And I said, when you're done, would you put that Bible back in my lunchbox? i got to go to work. And all he said was, by the same Spirit. By the same Spirit. I'm telling you, it's by the Spirit of God. Nothing could happen without the Spirit of God. That's the power that lies within us that makes things happen. If you can believe, he said, all things are possible to him that believes. He said, yes, there's hope for your son. Yes, he can be healed. And he said, if you'll just believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Come expecting and believing because nothing is impossible with God. 
Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's freedom. Tell me you can't be set free from the, from the things that bind you. God can set them free. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Greater is He that's in you. Now, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is in you. God is in you. The Son of God, the Word of God is in you. He was the Word. And I, I want you to visualize what you're about to receive. Amen? Well, what do you mean? Are you going to give us something? No, but God can. Right? In me is working a power stronger than any other power. Christ, the power of God, is formed within us. It's inside of us. Glory to God. It's inside of us. And I said, oh, the blood of Jesus that cleanses as white as snow. And you know that that blood never loses its power? So why can't somebody be healed today or delivered today? The blood never loses its power. And Jesus shed His blood for the remission of sins. And He shed His blood to set us free. And He he took stripes on His back. He said, by my stripes, you are healed or you were healed. You are healed. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. I have something greater than what the world has. And I can overcome the world because of what's in me. I, make, I can make a lot of people mad telling them the truth. But it's a, you got to understand something. It's the truth that offends them, not you. See, I'm not condemning them. I'm telling them what Scripture says. The Bible says, I, I prayed with a man that had cancer. And, and uh, he was in his home. He couldn't get into hospice yet. So his son had him at his home. He wanted me to come and talk to his dad. I said, but what about you? I talk to him all the time. Don't you want to know you're going to heaven? He said, well, my dad wants to know he's going to heaven. So I went and talked to him. And I'm sitting there sharing the gospel with him. And he looked at me and he says, you care if I have a cigarette? I looked at him and said, no, sir. If you want to have a cigarette, you have a cigarette. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to read some scripture while you're having your cigarette. He never did light it. He had it there. Three days before I went over there, God gave me this scripture here. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, i got to stop for a minute. He looked at me and said, you're not going to condemn me? I said, no, I have no right to condemn you. But you're going to listen to the scripture. And then it goes on in 17, it says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18 was the real kicker. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. (laughs) And it says, Hallelujah, because he hath not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I said, so if you don't believe in God, you're condemned already. I have no right to condemn you of anything. And he started to cry. And he put the, threw the cigarette away. Now his two, three sons are standing there and, his, and his, some of his grandkids and, and their wives. And I turned and looked at all of them. I said, this isn't only for him. This is for all of you. Now, they didn't say anything. They didn't pull no guns out. You know, so 
So I thought, okay, I'm safe. But you know what? If you're speaking the word of God, you're safe. God will protect you. He protects you. And I looked at the man and I says, is this what you want to do? Jesus says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. He was crying so much he couldn't speak. He just began to weep that much. And I said, well, can I take your hand? Can we pray? And in your heart, will you ask God to forgive you of your sins? And, and I took his hand and I began to pray. And I'm telling you what, he was sobbing. He was sobbing. I turned in front of his kids and all. And I found out something. I worked with the one. And he told me later, he says, you know what? I've never seen my dad cry. I said, that's because your dad's never asked Jesus to forgive him. I said, if you do the same, get, you better have a box of Kleenex. Yeah. A box of Kleenex. But you know what? Them, they still haven't received Christ. I talked to him and talked to him and you got, Lord, what is going on? You know, I know the Holy Ghost is, is with me and I know the Holy Ghost is speaking to him. But God can do anything. Anything's possible. I believe that man's in heaven today. I do. I believe that. He went to hospice and, you know, he, he did finally die. And I had the opportunity to speak and I think it was his mother had a stroke and was in hospice and and she was of the Catholic faith. Nothing against Catholic, nothing against different faiths. All right, but the the word of God is for everybody. So I was in there and she couldn't talk to me and I and I asked her the same thing. Have you ever asked Christ to forgive you your sins? Have you ever repented of your sins and asked him and and she looked at me and I said, Now I want you to squeeze my hand once for yes and twice for no. Because she couldn't speak. And I'm telling you what, when I asked her if she wanted to ask God to forgive her of her sins, I said, we'll pray, but you've got to believe in your heart. That she started crying. And she squeezed my hand. I thought, I'm in trouble here. It's like a vice. And she squeezed that. And, and I prayed, and she just began to sob. Have you ever seen somebody sob where you just shake? And, you know, it just, and I believe that she went to heaven. But what if we're not willing to go and pray? To talk to them about Jesus. Oh, I got so many stories I could tell you. The woman in the hospital had cancer, lived with a man for 30 years and wasn't married. Went and talked to her about, she was dying, and I went and talked to her about her soul. And she, well, I got saved in Sunday school. Uh, my mom was, I said, no, 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 stop. How's your soul with God right now? Well, she began to weep, began to cry. And uh, she repented. We prayed together, and she, she was able to speak, so she was able to ask Jesus. Do you know what? She left that hospital, and she would not go back to that home where she lived with that man for 30 years because she knew it was wrong. See what the Spirit of God can do? It, it delivered her inside, and she died two weeks later. But she went to her cousin's house and stayed. Thank you, Jesus, for the Word of God and the, the faithfulness for us to go. It's important that we go share the gospel. But uh, I just want to pray.